our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, what's uh, going on, guys? I know this is Tuesday. This is an upload. Uh, I, I always like to upload men- Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, things have been crazy. And, and you, as you guys know, rain or shine for sickness or for health or better or for worse, I'll get my two podcasts up for you guys weekly. Um, this is an excellent, excellent podcast for anybody out there that's remotely dealing with any behavioral problems. And I know that that sounds too good to be true, but this is just one of those podcasts like, oh, we're barking on the leash and we're reactive. We're not coming back when called. We're pulling on the leash. A lot of problems that people have. My dog isn't listening in general. Like we we hear this a lot. We see this a lot. But again, this is just an owner that is probably like a lot of you that just doesn't know where to start, what to do. And um, there's just a lot of really great information for people out there that do want to reset their relationship with their dog. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to answer three of your dog training questions. So there's going to be all sorts of different information into this. If you're listening to this on Spotify, do us a solid favor. We put so much work into this podcast every week to make sure it gives me a lot of anxiety if I don't have the two podcasts out for you guys. It, it really means a lot to me that you guys are uh, part of the No Bad Dog Army. So uh, do us a favor and leave us a review. And of course, if you want me to answer your specific question as a listener, all you have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart and leave a review in your question in the review and we'll get to it next week. So remember to listen to the end and enjoy the podcast. So, so the main issue I'm calling about that I'm currently dealing with her is uh, dog aggression. Um, you know, she, so when she was young, she was, she seemed fine with other dogs, but my older dog had some issues. So I don't know what, how much she picked up. Uh, but then, then I noticed that she started being, um, if any do- other dog sort of came close to me, she would get all growly with them. But then now it's, it seems to be even worse. She was off leash uh, a little while back and there was a, another ridgeback and she ran up to it and she was all like to the dog. And uh, she can, I can walk with her on leash. And um, if we pass other dogs now, you know, with, with treats and stuff, I can get her where she's, she's fine. But if they start, if they're interested in meeting her and start coming close, she gets growly. Yeah. So, spe- so specifically, you mean off-leash dogs approaching? That's basically the main issue, and I'm happy to answer all the questions you'd like about that. Uh, but, but just to sort of fill out the picture, sometimes she... Uh, so so normally I live in an area where there's a lot of places I can take them off-leash and we don't run into anyone and there's trails and different things. So, uh, every once in a while, she just runs off. She always comes back, but she's gone way too long, doesn't respond you know, to my calls, anything like that. Um, so, 
that's issue number two. And then, you know, she's fine uh, as far as walking on leash when I'm just alone with her, meaning she doesn't pull and stuff. But when she's with the other dog, you know, she kind of doesn't listen to me as much. Okay. So, right. So let's just regroup on everything. So your three-year-old Rhodesian is aggressive towards other dogs and doesn't listen off leash as well as you would like. Yep. And is there anything else you want to start cracking down on? Um, uh, the only other thing is on leash with the other dog, you know, it's, it's more in the beginning. She starts pulling and she's just, she's way more attentive if it's just her and I, than if the other dog is there. Okay. So pulling on the leash. Okay. So we'll go over all of these. So pulling on the leash as well as what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. But those are in descending order. Like by far my biggest concern is dog aggression, but obviously I get that it's all related, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. 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 It's all related and it's all the same core reason why these things are happening. And it's the same solution as well. So, yeah. So if you're, if you have a dog that is reactive, but you also have a dog that pulls you on the leash, doesn't listen, doesn't come when called all these different things, it it really comes, it really comes down to your overall obedience and your control. So if if you don't have good obedience, you won't be able to stop any of the external problems. I just actually did a post on this today, uh, going over this and it's, it's what a lot of dog owners struggle with, including yourself is you have these external problems. So things on the outside that we find less desirable or things that we don't like reacting on the leash, pulling on the leash, not coming, not coming back when called so on and so forth. All of that is the same solution of control. If you don't, if you don't spend enough time controlling sorry if you don't spend enough time teaching your dog the expectations of what you want and what's appropriate then you're going to get all of these external problems so they kind of all blend in with 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 one another if you yeah so if you have a dog that again like you go outside she pulls you she she pulls you on the leash to go to the mailbox. She pulls in the leash to see the tree and she's kind of just in front of you and she's not engaged with you and she's not paying attention to you. And she's just kind of doing her own thing out in the walk. Then yeah. she sees a dog. She gets stimulated. She huffs and puffs. Her hackles come up. She barks. She, you know, what, whatever the, the reaction looks like for her. Uh, and then again, it comes down to the same thing as if we let a dog off leash that doesn't, and you don't have good foundation, you don't have yep. good control then they're not so the responsiveness to you is is the cause to all of any problems like it you can uh, unless we talk about genetic or neurological issues almost every single dog owner's problems are predicated off of the lack of foundation we have a because i think honestly to be honest i think the main reason is is we have other dogs in our lives that don't have these problems because we get lucky so we have yep. dogs growing up. We have a neighbor dog. We yep. have the fi- the other five year old Rhodesian that you have. And again, sometimes you just look out and you you know you deal with very minor things, right? But nothing yep. to nothing that you'd have to really put your attention or, or effort towards. And then you have a dog yep. that 
oversteps some boundaries and you have a dog that's a little bit harder and it's like human too. Like it's like the same thing with humans and kids and having different genetics and things. And so I think that you're, so again, like if you want your dog to stop pulling on the leash, you have to teach your dog how to heal. And that takes sometimes a considerable amount of time. And so I always audit the amount of, like, if you have a problem, And then I always audit like, okay, your dog is pulling on the leash. How much time and energy have you spent on heel? And same thing with recall. You want your dog to recall off leash. That, that behavior and that ask is a level, level 10 out of 10 option. Like that is a very, 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 very high end ask. And it's the same thing with leash pulling too, to be honest with you. You go outside with an animal and a piece of rope. And you say, hey, I want you to walk in slow motion and pay attention to me and everything that I do. And yeah. that takes a considerable amount of effort for some dogs and sometimes not so much. So how much time have you been spending and how much time have you spent in general with the basics? Okay, so that, that's a great question. And so um, so just to give you a little history, right? So I had my husband and I, we had a single Rhodesian Ridgeback for her life. And it's one of the ones, like you said, we got lucky. She was great, easy, blah, blah. Then we got the male. He actually was a nightmare from day one, super fear-based, um, barking at other dogs. I spent a lot of time working with him. Um, we got her when he was two and a half. Anyway, he now is great, but, but, but part of the issue is, right, I was spending so much time working with him didn't work with her so much and um so i feel like yeah it's it's really it's showing um mm-hmm. and the, the, but but the, the one of the troubles i have with her is that like with the leash if i take her out alone no problem she walks loose leash no problem she still has the dog aggressive thing but when they come near but so so then the leash training i find it really hard to train her when i have the other dog and that's when the issue is for the only for the leash mm-hmm um, so that, that's a little conundrum. I haven't been able to figure out, um, which you, I'm sure you'll help me with. Right. Well, it's the same, it's the same, but it's this, it's kind of circling back to the same thing is like, you're like, oh, well we go out without the other dog. She doesn't pull as much. She's great. She's almost perfect, but she still reacts and she still does this. And so it's really, again, it really, okay. it, it's, it circles back to, you have a very, very historically excitable dog that it has a lot of energy. And so yep. we, we, so again, it really comes back down to how okay. much, how much time, like, I know that you just said yep. that you spent some time with your older dog five years ago, but how much time have you spent with the three-year-old no. that you're having problems no. with? No, I have not spent, I uh, know I haven't spent enough time and definitely not. I, I'm, it's sort of like this thing I'm trying to manage while I have the two dogs spending the time she needs one-on-one. No, I definitely have, have not spent what. Okay. Well, so, yep. so that's where you have to start. So that's what I was saying is like the, 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 the problem and solution starts with that one thing, the reactivity, okay. the pulling on the leash, not coming back when called all of yep. all of those external pro- and when i say external again to in the world yeah it's just like yeah. it, these are the problems that we have it's like oh my back hurts or oh, my fingers hurt or my head hurts it's like it's oh, what what yep. what is the problems that are aching you and it's like oh we pull on the leash we yep. don't come back when called we react to other dogs all of those problems that you're having on the outside are yep. caused by one thing which is your yep. your lack of control 
and the foundation mm-hmm. that you have with this dog, period. Because as a professional, my job is to sift through everything to get you to results and to get you to a point where you can start yielding results, seeing results, and also understand why these things are happening. But again, oftentimes what dog owners do is they say, hey, my dog's pulling, we need to fix that. Hey, my dog's not coming back, we need to fix that. Understand that all of your problems on the outside are because of one thing. It's because you haven't haven't spent the time on the basics. So, um, so, So from here... My and it's really like it's honestly that cut clean like that's exact. Oh, my dog pulls in the leash. How much time have you spent on heel? Zero. Okay, next. Okay, my dog doesn't yep. come back. How much time you spent on recall? Zero. Okay, next. So, yep. so what you need to do is like look at those three things, and the leash reactivity sometimes comes from uh, frustration and not really knowing what to do, and also just having the, I would say, mental freedom to just literally check in and do whatever they want to do. And so okay. for me, I I work on uh, work and break a lot. So if I'm out with okay. a dog, I if I say okay, break, they can like if I walk with my dog around my neighborhood, she's in a break. I would say the entire time, unless I see another oh. dog, and I respect the other dog, and also nine point nine times out of ten, the other dog is pulling towards us, and so I heal my dog up. Yep. We walk by. I either put her between my legs and military walk by these people or whatever, but. I just want to be clear that it's okay for your dog to be a dog and to sniff and yeah. And of course all of that stuff, but if you can't turn, okay, now it's time to pay attention on, then you've, you're missing something in in that piece. It's, it's, it's like anything else. So, so you have to, so that's why the reactivity is happening is because we're, we're getting, we're getting, I mean, it could be a couple things, but I'm just saying it, if, if like one of the first things I do with any of my clients that come into my facility with any problem is I say, yeah. so, so a big, a big one is leash reactivity. Okay. Come in with leash reactivity. Your dog is the most reactive dog in the leash ever. Okay. Let me see you work your dog in this room and they can't get their dog to look at them. They can't get their dog to sit. They can't get their dog to walk into a heel. Their dog does mm-hmm. not care that they exist. You might as well let go of the leash. Mm-hmm. Therefore I'm like, we can't, we cannot touch think, act, or work on any of the problems why you came here because your foundation doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to get back down to the basics on teaching her how to engage with you and teach her how to pay attention to you and teach her, teach her the obedience and the exercises that you need to counter reality outside. Yeah. Okay. So what type of, let's just, let's just paint a picture day in the life of this. What's your, what's your three-year-old's name? Asha. What is it? Asha, A-S-H-A. Asha. Cool. So with Asha, let's just say like, okay, you get her outside. What is your training? Like if, if I said, Hey, I want you to get your dog's attention and I want you to try to heal your dog. Like what would that look like? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Me, Me sort of making it up. Um, I mean, Right. What would you so, try to do? So, so what? Um, okay. So, like, what I what I would probably try to do is, um, I would probably use treats, mm-hmm. and I would, you know, walk with her um, at my side, and then I would probably, if she pulled ahead, I would do one of those, uh, either like turn into her or. 
see if she could come back towards me. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Yeah, I need help. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a trick question. I'm just curious. Okay. So treats yeah. are treats are good. Motivation's always good. Inspiration's good. Hey, pay attention to me. We just want yeah. to take that and funnel it into something that's going to be sustainable over time. So, you know, we teach 12 year olds at the 4-H club how to get an animal's attention through beef liver, you know, treats, chicken, whatever. And that's great. That's engagement. Hey, I got something for you. Uh, Let's work together. I'm going to ask you to do some stuff. You're going to get paid. It's a win-win. Everything's great. That's what developing behaviors looks like. That's what teaching behaviors looks like. All of that is for the par. Um, And so that's good. Uh, But but the other side of that is is uh, having these boundaries and boundaries is just restrictions on like where they can and can't go. And so yep. typically like we, we start off with a leash and a collar. You can use a martingale collar, a slip collar, um, whatever collar that you are comfortable with using and that works for you guys is what you would okay. do. Do you have anything like that at home? Um, I, I mean I have a regular collar and then I have a harness. Okay. I don't have – Yep. So I, uh, I would recommend like a slip leash and I'll tell you why. So when you're, especially with, I mean, Rhodesian Rhodesian Ridgebacks aren't like tiny dogs by any means. Some of them can be actually pretty big and muscular. So you want, you want, you want a collar that has action. And so what, what action means is like it, it, it gives into itself to, to apply a little bit of pressure as you apply pressure as the dog applies pressure. So, Slip leashes are are really great for this. Um, what it does is it applies pressure if a dog is pulling, or it, or you can use it as like a correction with a pop. But here's yeah. here's what's going to happen is um, so flat collars are like the collars that we have tags on that we keep you know the tags yeah. on the dogs and they're good everyday wearing collars to just grab your dog and whatever and they're good for training if your dog is well listened and they're not super powerful and wanting to pull but that's not the case with you guys yeah. so. Yep. Um, and then the harnesses, like I, I've been working professionally with dogs for over a decade, every single day on every, like, on, yep. on, and, and harnesses just don't apply any type of boundary setting. They don't apply yep. any type of action. Right. It's just yep. the only thing a harness allows you, your dog safely to do is pull. And the only thing that right. it really does is it, it, you just hold on. And, yep. you know, look, if harnesses worked, I, I, my, my job and why I get paid in my career is to help dog owners out effectively and efficiently and if harnesses worked i would recommend them but they just don't so yeah and that makes sense because i think i got the harness because she was pulling and i was like i know this is bad for her neck and so i got the harness but it's not correcting the problem so exactly it's just safer for her it's just a safer collar for her to maybe pull you and that's what that's what she's been doing for three years so so what you need to do is like it's not, it's definitely not a quick fix. You need the first thing that I typically do with, with dogs under like this circumstances, you have to understand that there's like different training levels. One, let's say one through three. So level one is very beginner, very easy. Level two is a little bit harder, a little bit intermediate. And then level three is like what you're trying to do outside. So level three is outside squirrels, birds, your other dog, the neighbors, etc. So oftentimes what people do is they, will say, okay, I don't have, I don't have any type of obedience. My obedience sucks. I, and, and it's not sucky because of you, it's just, it doesn't exist. And right. then, and then we go out to level three and we're like frustrated and the dog's frustrated yep. and all this stuff. So yep. anyway, so my suggestion is this, is you, 
and, and this this is something that will help you long term because we've done it with thousands of people and it's just like the most sustainable long term thing. And I know that it may sound I guess my point is is I don't want you to get discouraged that this is this might be a little bit more work than you It's okay. Thought? No, I get it. Okay. I, I, I'd rather treat at the cause, which I get it can take long. It's fine. Okay, no, I cool. Get it. Cool. Sorry. So yeah, yeah, so it's going to take a little bit of time. And what yep. you want to do in the very beginning is you just want to teach the dog how to work with you. And the okay. way that I typically do that is I go to like a level one, which would be like inside okay. your garage, okay. um, your basement, yep. long hallway, whatever. Yep. And yep. you get your treats out, you, you know, like a treat pouch or whatever. And then you get your yep. sl- your slip. And I can send you when we get off the phone, I can send you a link um, to uh, like the slip leashes that we recommend Perfect. that we use. Um, I can send you a couple of different links of some equipment. And, you know, every dog That'd is different. Great. Yeah, yeah. Every handler is different. So it's nice to have a toolbox of things that you may need in different environments and things like that. So yeah. typically what I do is I start off with just like a slip leash, which applies pressure if the dog pulls or if you pull back on the collar, it's much like a, like a, the way that you would uh, work with a horse or something like that. It applies yeah. pressure and it puts on their pressure points. And so, um, so what I, what I usually do is I first start with engagement and engagement is essentially your dog looking to you for information. I'm going to turn, I'm going to look at you. I may sit in front of you. I may lick my chops because I know you got something yummy in your pocket, all that stuff. That's good. You want to, that's what I usually do is I get, I get the treats out and I get a dog and I say, I should come. And I just like, and I usually just pay him with a little bit of food and they're like, Oh, this is great. This is great. You got the stuff and try to use something super high reward. Or if your dog is extremely food motivated, you can just use your kibble, which is a lot easier to do. And, um, and then what you do is you just, you kind of move around this space that you're in and you say your dog's name and then you pay him a little bit and you just, I usually just go, yes, good. And I just like really reward him verbally. And, um, if I'm using like a treat, I usually use like Stewart's pro treats. It's like a little beef liver chunk that you can get in a, in a, in a tub. And I I usually hold it in my hands and I just let the dog like work it out of my hands and I take it away. But if you're going to use kibble, you can just Pez dispense those little pieces of kibble and that's fine too. So that's one of the first things you want to do is you just want to say, hey, you and me, you and me back and and forth. And so when I'm doing this, I I, I basically am am saying her name and like when she looks at me or any type of connection, right? It doesn't have to be always be a come and sometimes it may be, but otherwise it's just sort of I'm talking to her. She's connecting yeah yeah it's just engagement think about uh think about like okay think about like this think about if you're presenting a talk or something um you want your you want your audience engaged you want them looking at you you want them paying attention to you you want them to listen to everything that you're saying that's kind of like your job you can't you know if you do that for 70 percent of the room you're doing good you can't do it for everybody because people are going to be tired and sleeping whatever (laughs) so you so think about it like that you're like hey me and you me and you um And, and the reason why we start in a non-distracted environment uh, without stating the complete obvious of like outside being too much is you have an opportunity to, again, build your foundation. Because right now your dog doesn't really – you don't have that me and you relationship. Right. Your dog loves you. You love your dog. But you go outside or you you put any type of other marketing into your ecosystem with this dog and boom, you're gone. Yep. You know, you yep. get a little bird on the fence and they forget you exist. So yep. so you just have to practice like engagement. You have to practice pay attention to me. And this is something I did with my puppy when she was uh, nine, nine, ten weeks old. Uh, she was eating kibble 
And she'd look at me and I'd pay her. She'd look at me and I'd pay her. Mm-hmm. And now if you watch her work with me, she is like laser focused on me all the time. And people always compliment or and or comment on like, wow, that's kind of yeah. spooky. And I'm like, I taught her from the beginning that everything good comes from me. So if she wants a ball, mm-hmm. she's got to do something for me or I have to release her to it. And it's just part of being part yep. of being a responsible dog owner. Like I don't want her to see something and just run across the street and get it. Or I don't want her yep. to see somebody eating pizza across the street and you know run over there and say that's that looks yummy she's got to get permission from me because that's my job is to give her the yes and no like kids so spend some time with her in this area and what you can do is you can you're gonna you're gonna start putting in your boundaries which is a really important part of the foundation boundaries essentially is well there's a couple different definitions with dogs but boundaries is essentially giving dogs uh, uh, some sort of restriction or some sort of like compulsion Mm of saying like, so you're going to ask, you're going to say, Asha, sit, right? So this is what typically happens with dogs and their owners in this situation is you're going to say her name. You're going to ask her to, you're going to tell her to sit. She, she, she knows you have food on you. So she's likely going to put her butt on the ground. She may hold for a couple of seconds. She may get up and muzzle punch you and like get kind of pushy or whatever she does, barks or spins or whatever. But what you want to do is you want to set a, you want to set very clear, easy to follow boundaries. So we typically got your slip leash. You got your treats. Asha sit. She puts a butt on the ground. Good. You take a piece of food. You pay her. Good sit. Now you, now you hold there. Now, typically again, dogs, that aren't traditionally brought up on a balanced life, meaning there's boundaries, there's limitations. It's, you know, dogs who, dogs who basically have done whatever they wanted to do only for reward systems typically don't grow up with the filter of like, can I get up? Is it okay if I get up? Like, you know, so typically like you pay the dog into a sit, boom, they pop right back up. Yep. And that's, yep. that's, here's, here's, this is, this is your, this is what's creating your whole problem. This, this, this little piece right here. Okay. So you say yep. the dog's name, you say sit. She goes, I know what that behavior is. We learned on it early on. I put my butt on the ground. You pay the dog. She goes, thank you very much. I'm walking away. I'm done with you. Yep. I'm checked out. It's very interactional. It's not. It's, exactly. Okay. So that's your, that's the problem is she doesn't okay. understand that there's a long-term commitment and by long term, I mean a minute with you when you yep. saw. So it's like, again, kids, hey, hey, uh, Timmy, I need you to go to your room. I need you to clean up your room. It's an absolute pigsty. It's disgusting. You need to go, you know, clean up. They walk into the room. They pick a cup up out of 100 cups laying in there, you know, <laughs> and they go and they bring it. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, yeah. so again, but here's the thing. Here's the kicker. It's going to bubble up everywhere. Okay, Timmy, I need you to do your homework. They sit down. They write their name on their math thing and then they they walk away no you need to do your math you need to do your science you need to do you need to do all these things so my point is is when you put that boundary down and a boundary is simply saying no timmy you need to sit your butt back down and you need to get this done for for school tomorrow so with your dog asha sit she puts her butt on the ground you pay her with a piece of food you don't want it to be that transactional you don't want her to get up and say thank you very much i'm out of here next you want her to put her butt on the ground and then you're going to hold this sit for a second okay and yep. every dog has a different duration. Some dogs are immediately right up. Like yeah. you go to pay them from your treat pouch and their butt's already up. They're already mm-hmm. over it. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So put dog puts her butt on the ground. You say, good sit. And this goes for any behavior, down, yep. place, whatever. 
Yep. So, yep. so here's where the boundaries come in. This is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of relationships that are damaged because of a one dimensional relationship. So yep. she raises her butt up. You give her a little bit of leash pressure. Nope. I should sit. Or sometimes we just say sit or we say no or whatever you want to say to like say wrong. <laughs> and then yep. you get, and yep. then you give her a little bit of a pressure so you give her a little bit of annoyance on the collar. You just kind of tap the collar. You push her butt down. She goes back yep. into a sit. And then I usually start off with a break command. So okay. it's a release command. It's a free command, right? So I'll say break or I'll say free. Yep. And and this is really valuable to teach a dog. Okay, recess. See you later, dude. Bye. Yep. And yep. that right there, that whole equation yep. will change your whole relationship with your dog because right now it's kind of this free for all. Right. She's, they they're deciding when she's on break, not me. Yep. yep. And she's not <laughs> yeah. looking at so when she sees a dog, she's like, I'm gonna do what I think. She she doesn't even so the reason why dogs are so reactive and unresponsive on the leash, especially after their maturity, like after the eight month mark, once they're not puppies yeah. anymore anyway, is because of the lack of boundary and the lack of like overall obedience, right? So it's just like when we develop, and I use this analogy a lot with child psychology and human psychology when we're developing kids. And it doesn't matter if you have kids or you have nieces or nephews or whatever. It's like we're we're going to yep. teach you manners. We're going to teach you how to pay attention to elders and respect because we don't want you. You got to listen to people that are in charge for your own well being. And so it's like yep. if you raise a kid without any of that, we're like, hey man, good job. You woke up today. Here's a cookie, and, and right. you know, and then whatever. It's just like it's a constant. It's constant loop of do whatever you want, feel however you want, no boundaries, there's no system. And so the moment yep. the moment you start applying boundaries to hey, sit back down, you gotta ask you gotta ask for permission to be excused. Or and it's not it's not like super militant. It's just right. when I when I want you to sit, I'm gonna pay you. Yes, good sit. Well done, Asha. Great yeah. job. Good. And then she's like, yeah. peace out. You're like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Sit back down. Yeah. Okay, yep. okay, now break. That will yep. change your whole relationship because for a lot of dogs, they that's where a lot of insecurity comes in. That's yep. where a lot of dog anxiety comes in is because mm. they, they're they on the end of a leash with a person they love, but they have no manual in life. They don't know what mm -hmm. to do. They don't know how to interact. And if you say, so like right now your relationship, if you said, Asha, knock it off, she's just going to keep doing whatever she wants to do. You don't have that. Yep. You know what I mean? You don't have yep, that yep, relationship yep. to say like, no. Right. So, so listen, so this is, it's really um, simple, but what you're going to do yep. is you're going to start developing uh, impulse control, boundaries, rule setting. And it's not like, it's really not hard at all. It's just a fair expectation to teach our dogs that they can't just literally see something oh piece of candy boom and they're gone because that's yep. how you, that's why she is the way she is right now that's why she's pulling on the leash that's why she definitely yep. won't come back off leash because what are you going to yep. do about it and that's why she's reactive to other dogs is she just doesn't she doesn't have a clue on how to how to act and nobody's giving her this yep. direction right you guys are loving roommates <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah so we're going to put her into a sit and I'm just going to go over a couple examples yeah put her into yep. a sit good job Asha good sit boom pay her hold and then she gets up. Nope. A little bit of leash pressure, a little bit of boundary. And you can use like, there's three different types of pressure. You can use verbal pressure, which is, ah, 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 ah. 
Like, no, like that's pressure. You can use your body. You can walk into her to kind of like get closer to her. Typically that'll like rock a dog back into a sit. And then you can use your physical leash pressure. And, but I typically honestly do them all at the same time. So I get a new dog. They're excited. Woo, it's a new place. You're fun. Okay. You got treats. Okay. Okay. What do you want me to do? I should sit. Boom. I pay them. They're like, yep. great. See ya. And I'm like, er, nope. So I typically go, ah, yep. ah, ah, and I'm, and I'm walking into them and I'm using my leash. And I'm using my voice to say, er, wrong. Sit back down, bud. Yep. Relax. Calm down. And then, yep. she, and then she sits. I'm not going to reward her with the food because she technically broke her sit, right? Holding, yep. holding. Okay. Break. And then I, and I say this and I say this like very fun. So I say, okay, break. Or I'll take a piece yep. of kibble and I'll throw it on the ground in front of her and I'll say break. And that's her release. So I'm okay. just so that right yep. there yep. is teaching her fundamental boundary setting that she can't just act and and you're competing against Times Square for these dogs right you're like I want your attention yep. it's like a kid in Disney World it's going to be very difficult <laughs> to do yep. so when you're outside yep. again you have all these natural system all these different things in our systems that you're going to have a hard time competing with. And you're just not, yeah. and, and that's that's one of the biggest problems with leaning on maybe a reward-based systems. Like we use, I think I would say 95% of my whole training philosophy is reward-based systems, but the other 5% is boundary setting. Like I just told you, if your dog, yep. if your dog gets up, we're going to set that boundary and say, no, you got to sit back down. There's a consequence. Yep. And of course there's accountability if your dog decides to flip you off and say, I'm not doing this. So yeah. um, there's a huge, huge benefit. And we use positive reinforcement almost every day, all the time with, yep. I mean, that's how dogs learn. But what yep. they, what, what ends up happening is, is they don't learn what's wrong if we don't use some sort of consequence or accountability. It's absolutely. It's been. Yep. It's it's proven so many times. We do know that, uh, of course, when we're working with dogs, it's it could be a little stressful for them to get punishment from you just by like saying, "Hey, knock it off." They go, oh, "Crap, mom's mad at me." But right. the overall goal is for them to become stressed for the actions that they're doing because we're trying to discourage those actions in the first place. It's the exact type of training that positive reinforcement does on the other end of the spectrum. We want the dog to have that dopamine dump of like, yeah, this is a sit. Yeah. I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm doing a good downstay. This is great. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. Good job. But then on the other end, when we're discouraging, maybe the dog jumping up on us or breaking a stay or not coming back when called, like if your dog is on a, so for recall, we'll, we'll get into that. So for recall, what you do is, again, you kind of have this level one environment, right? Yeah. You you let her out on a long line. So like a 15-foot rope or, you know, whatever. Yep. And that you can just – you could use your flat collar if you wanted to. But basically all you're doing – Asha, come. And she may – so as you graduate to your different levels, so level one, two, and three, um, you're going to see the responsiveness change. Okay. Naturally, right? So, yeah. in, if you, yeah. so the other dog should be away for this because that's too much right now. Yep. So, yep. she's out on a fifteen footer, and you got a you got a couple pieces of food in your pocket. And I always try to tell my clients to remain very under the radar with the treats on recall, so they don't just okay. glue to you because then yep. it's not realistic. So right. try to like maybe before training, just kind of put them in your pocket or something. Don't get your treat pouch out. Let your dog out yep. on the long line. Yep. Let her get into something. If she's not really distracted inside by anything and she's kind of just like, well, you have the leash on. Let's go do something. You can 
graduate to another environment, maybe in the backyard or something where you're going to have a little bit more yep. competition, I guess, in the marketing standpoint or the currency mm-hmm. of what's going on. Let her out. Mm-hmm. She gets about 10 feet away from you. You say, Asha, come. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but this rabbit poop over here is pretty cool, mom. And then mm-hmm. the moment you say come and she ignores you because you know she heard you. And um, it, I would say at this age, she should know what recall is. She Right. She does. It's just Good. right. Ignoring. Yeah. Yep. When she wants to listen and when she doesn't. And again, yep. that's the split. So yep. if, if her ecosystem of I'm only getting rewarded in life for things that I do well at and I'm getting ignored for bad behaviors or ignoring you, when you yep. want her to do something and the currency is higher or more yep. valuable than what you're offering – the moment that she ignores you is you, you're, you're, you're dismantled, right? Your whole system fails. And then, but here's the thing is for recall, it's life or death. So that's that, or it could be, I should say, sorry, it's not that dramatic, but you know, but, (laughs) But but the other thing is, is I've seen so much and all I do is study dog psychology and behavior. All I've seen, all I've seen from that is also your relationship with the dog is there's there's so much more opportunistic and they take advantage of you and they're like you know demand barking and they're just really not yeah. they're not really respectful of you they're kind of like again you're, you become that roommate so anyway you let her out yeah. you say Asha come she ignores you and then you pop the collar right and she'll okay. flip around and she'll and it, it and that's a correction you just you you just pop the collar and you don't want to yeah. pull her okay so. Okay. By pulling, if I pull her to me, it doesn't tell me that she's listening to me. I'm forcing her to come to me. That's not what you yep. want to do. You basically yep. want to snap her out. You want to snap her, like, you know, get her attention. Okay. So yep. you say, Asha, come. She ignores you because she's into something. You pop the collar. You pop the collar. Yep. She turns and she runs to you. And then you kind of just backpedal and you you hunch over and you're kind of sucking her in. Yes, good come, good come, good come. She gets yep. to you. You could either ask her to sit or you can pay her. I typically pay the dog immediately for getting to my chest or my body. Okay. And then yep. I'll and I'll say, okay, break, free. And I'll let him go right back out. You okay. want to do that like every – as often as you can. And what I would suggest is like do these things in a week like – work a little bit of insight on the sit and uh, the threshold. So you can apply the sit also if you do a stay to your back door, your side door, your front door. Again, yep. laying these boundaries, right? So right yep. now it's like this chaotic thing of like her just, I don't, I don't know. So what yeah. you can do is just, and again, it's what you want to do in the beginning is you want to work with her separately and have the other yep. dog just not in the picture in the beginning because it's just too much yep. distraction. So yep. what you would do is you'd go up to a side door, you'd go up to a whatever door, and you'd say, Asha, sit. So you, you put her, you, you just tell her to sit, right? She puts her butt yeah. in the ground, good sit, you pay her. And then th- this is, and again, this is generally speaking, and um, this is just what typically can happen, is yep. is you go to reach for the door, and then yeah. literally, yes. yeah, you reach for the door and immediately the dog's like, yep. boop, we're up, ready to go. Yep. So that's not good. You don't want that. <laughs> um, so, yep. so then, so then what you do is you, you really, really, really work on, um, you work on that threshold. And again, these are the types of things that are fair, effective, sustainable boundary setting of, Hey, I know you want to be on the other side of that door because it, it represents everything you love, which is running outside and being, yeah. A ridgeback, like, you know, yeah, but 
gotta be patient, gotta be patient. And, and just teaching that patience with effective accountability, right? So we're not turning around and resetting every yeah. time. We're not ignoring the bad behavior because that doesn't teach anything for anybody. So you yeah. say, Asha, sit. She puts her butt on the ground because you've been working on it. You pay her. And then uh, you go to reach the door handle and boom, she gets up. And then you put her back into a sit. So you use your pressure. You use that consequence. You use that accountability. I've also found, I've done a lot of studies over the years and I've worked with a lot of people that, um, you know, some of my clients who say like, oh, well, when the dog gets up or whatever, we typically just ask her to sit again or we reset her. The problem, just be mindful of that. Like the right. most the most effective thing that I have found with the thousands and thousands of uh, behavioral cases that I've worked with with my dogs in real time yep. has been the accountability aspect is 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 really important there. So we don't want to, oh, let's try it again. Oh, let's try it again. Oh, let's try right. it again. Because sometimes what ends up happening is the dog gets so bored with the sitting that you may be successful after the fourth or fifth or sixth time that you reset. But the moment that the dog says, ooh, piece of candy outside, that accountability doesn't exist in the dog's brain. So the, you know, the cop sitting up at the, at the speed watch doesn't frighten you because you've never gotten a ticket for speeding, right? You've never, right. you've never been held right. accountable for something, right? So right. that correction is really important and just take your time with this and be clear, be yeah. fair, take deep breaths because right. sometimes it can be frustrating, but yeah. that's how you develop this. I'm telling you, it's one of the best ways to reset your relationship with your dog is to, awesome. yeah, it, to be honest with you, like it is awesome because my clients come in and they're like, they're like, I can't believe how well and how fast, you know, you see results. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's because yeah. of what I'm telling you is because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to say, oh, your dog's pulling on the leash. Let's correct him for pulling. Oh, your dog isn't coming back. Let's, let's correct him for right. what, what we're going to do is we're going to establish foundation exactly mm -hmm. the roots to like just just pay attention to me when you want something you're gonna get it but you have to be patient you have to get permission you can't just do whatever you want and and it's not about when i say permission in these things it's just about laying boundaries down hey yeah yep, yep we're gonna cross the street to get to the park but you gotta hold my hand Yep. Like yep. We, we get to the restaurant and you know, your kids are starving and they're running through and they're like, give me this, give me that. Like, hey, be patient. Yeah. Hold my hand. We're going to walk. We're going to sit down. We're going to order. We're going to be polite. We're going to say, please. We're going to say, thank you. That's, that is what I'm talking about here. I'm not yep. being overly right. militant or anything like that. It's just, so that's what you need to start working on is let's say the, okay. the, so the leash, we're going to talk about the leash pulling in a minute, but the recall is yeah. right now, if your dog is off leash and you say, Asha, come, and she's com you know completely off leash or whatever. She, You've dug yourself a hole that you're going to get out of, by the way, but you've dug yourself a hole because every time that you ask your dog to do something and you haven't had any accountability or any consequences if your dog blatantly just flips you off and says, I'm not coming to you because everything yep. else is more valuable than you and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Therefore, yeah. be patient, mom. I will be there when I'm ready. Right. So again, like that's the reason why the recall right now isn't that great, but it's also the reason why your dog doesn't think about doing whatever they want because there's no, there's no filter. There's no wall to go through. There's no, they just do yep. what they want. So what you have to do is, Understand this, Th throughout recreating your relationship, 
and restructuring your relationship, you want to make sure that you're very mindful about what you're telling your dog to do and allowing them to either get away with or not get away with stuff. Um, because you know, as you're resetting this relationship, you have to understand, like if you say, so this is what my clients do often and I have to catch them all the time. So we're doing this thing, you're working with me and we're just, and again, like if you taught her how to sit and stay at a door and then go through the door at your, your go or your green light, that doesn't mean that you have to do that every door, every time, all the time. That just means when you say, Hey, sit down. Good sit, stay. You look outside, make sure, okay, break. You break him out. When you want to apply your obedience, you can. Okay, yep. yep. I get that question that makes- a lot because when we teach yep. a dog how to heal, for an example, which is, again, teaching an animal how to walk in slow motion at our heels, like at our feet, right? right? Like that's difficult <laughs> to do, especially when you're outside, especially with a dog that would love to just probably chase every critter in the neighborhood like most dogs. Yep. Yeah. So once you start developing the heel, I find a lot of my clients that are like heel, 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 like everywhere. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. Just you're going to apply your heel at your pace when you're ready and when your dog's ready because it's like learning how to ride a bike, right? You 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 yeah. you, you teach a kid how to ride a bike, they're on their training wheels and they can they can finally go from four feet on one side of the driveway to the other driveway. And it's a big deal. We're going to go get ice cream after that. Great job. But that doesn't mean that like you're going to push him down a hill with no training wheels. You have to develop it out. So when you're developing your obedience specifically with your heel, uh, which we're going to talk about in detail in a minute, anything that I'm telling you, you're going to apply when it's appropriate. And as you get better at riding that bike or in your case, teaching your dog behaviors, you can copy and paste your behaviors in different locations as your dog gets better. Like, oh, I can ride yep. a bike here. I can, you know, I'm really good at this. I'm getting really comfortable. So, so just remember that, that when you're holding your dog accountable for sitting or you're holding your dog accountable for coming back and you're holding your dog accountable for healing, you don't want to do it everywhere. And also yeah. don't, because you're resetting this, don't ask your dog to do something if you can't hold them accountable because- uh they yes. will then become very equipment aware and, yep. and you don't want to do that. So they might say, oh, when the leash is on, I have to listen because you hold me accountable. What you want, yep. and it's the same thing with, again, like positive uh, positive reinforcement training when we're rewarding a dog for a new behavior or we're teaching a new behavior, we don't want them to, their whole behaviors be predicated off of food. We want them to, yep. maybe they get it, maybe they don't. But when we say sit, they're going to sit regardless. So just remember like when you're out with her, it's better to just – no training is better than bad training. So when you're out with her and she's running off leash with her brother, you don't want to then say, Asha, come because you know you're not – she's not prepared for that yet, right? Right. It's teaching her to ignore it. uh Uh-huh. Exactly. You've reinforced it and that's what a lot of people do again is like – and and it makes sense if you break down – if you break down how – people teach behaviors. It's typically with positive reinforcement, which again, this is what I do. I I always recommend that. Absolutely. It's the best way to do it. But then when you're, but then when you're asking your dog to do something and you know, positive reinforcement isn't going to work at that moment, that's where your relationship starts to go very one dimensional where they're like, Oh, they become very cat. Like (laughs) they're like, when I want attention, affection, love, and food, I will come to you. Other than that, don't touch me. (laughs) Don't talk to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
All right, healing. Um, go ahead. Wait, before we go to healing, yep. and, and I just want to say one other thing. Yep. I just when we were talking about working in the house, I uh, another issue which will be no surprise to you is with both dogs. So the house is and property is quite large, and when people come, gardeners are at the door. You know, it's this run around bark, 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 bark. You know, just that whole thing. I've been trying to get them to, like before I open the door, get them to sit and stay and that kind of thing. But anyway, it might be too much for this call, but if you have any words on that, I'd love it. Just when like people come over in general? Yeah, yeah. Anytime, kind of anytime that some, there's sort of a gate to a front courtyard and anytime somebody comes on the property, there's a lot of barking usually initiated by the older one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not able to get it to stop. <laughs> yep. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. question. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down for you. So okay. as a professional like myself, yeah. I would say again, like it's, it's going to be the, it's going to, you're going to, I'm going to loop you right back in <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. what it, what it is, is, is it's, it's off leash obedience. So again, it comes down to, right. it, it, so you're not, we're not going to tell a fish not to swim, which means we're never going to tell any dog, I don't care if it's a Pomeranian or a Mastiff to say like, Hey, I don't want you to care about anybody coming onto your property. That's likely not right. going to happen. Right. right. Uh, on either, on either end of the spectrum, you know, the, the golden retriever that licks this person in the face, you know, or somebody that's a little bit more suspicious and is a little bit more reactive, right. Or protective. Yep. So when, anyway, when you're, so, so, so what you're going to have to do is again, it's, it's the same thing as like healing or anything else is again, we're, teaching our dogs to do technically by definition it's compulsion like we're telling our dogs like they want to do something physically and we are physically saying you cannot do this right now like you can't yeah. pull you yeah. can't whatever so anyway um your obedience is then th that's the question i would ask as a professional like if it was like a quick round of like hey my dog barks at people when they come into the property i would say how is your obedience and right. more importantly how's your advanced off leash obedience because right th there's yep. le there's levels to this game and when you're talking yeah, about when you're talking about yeah. a dog off leash that's like one level of like are we there yet no and then we talk about oh and we're adding brother in you know that's another level yep. of off off leash obedience are we there you know and then we're adding some stranger coming onto the property ding 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 it's like all these stacks against you so yep. here's the deal is if you had really good obedience and your dog listened to you so well off leash, it doesn't matter because they're animals. They're we're yep. we're probably always going to be like the fun police. You know what I mean? Like we can create yep. a lot of fun and excitement with our dog, but for the most part, like a toddler at Disney World, we're probably gonna be like, No, you can't eat that. P put that down. It's seven in the morning. Like, you know, we're always gonna be policing, if you will. And so yep. My point is, is you want to have that control. And so, for, okay, for me and my dog, yeah. she was trained completely off leash um, and she was trained uh, off leash with the remote collar. And yeah. and so she listens really well off leash. The remote collar is the only thing in the world that allows me to hold, a, hold her accountable off leash completely yep. wirelessly. Uh, yep. So it's great technology for that. But my point is, is um, her control is really great. She doesn't need the e-collar or anything like that, but Again, it's like a really advanced ask right. that, that you would do. So technically, if your obedience was good enough, you should be, Asha, come. She'd be like, yeah, but come. She'd come to you. You'd say down. You'd say stay. You'd walk over. You'd take the package from the person. You'd shake your neighbor's hand. You would do whatever you want. Yep. So you have to counter 
again, my dog pulls on the leash. My dog doesn't come back when they're calling. Like we have to counter these things with, well, how good is your obedience under those circumstances? And right now you just don't have that foundation to even ask these things. But so yeah. my, my answer is, is you're not going to be able to get your dog to be like, oh yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on on board. Come on to the property. Like they're going to just, especially when there's both of them Yep. and big brothers, like more suspicious, you know, like yep. that's going to, again, it comes down to your overall obedience. It's, it's. It's it's literally like Makes sense. yeah they're very excited so again like Super Bowl <laughs> was last night or the night before or whenever and so so people came over to my house it was it was a fun time people were there Grandma was there like my dog was like yes this is great all my favorite <laughs> yeah. people are in one spot and there were times where we had drinks on the coffee table and all this stuff and she would come around with her tail quack 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 and so yeah you know when we were eating or when I saw two or three glasses on the table I would just send her to her touch which is in my living room. We're all hanging out in my mm. living room. Go to go to your touch, completely off leash because she's off leash trained. She went to her touch. Yeah. I said down. I said stay. My obedience from level one, two, and three since she was a puppy allowed me to control the situation with her because I yep. couldn't control the situation that was happening in my house. Like I can't tell everybody, all right, she's about to come over, pick up your drinks, put your wings down, like whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so again, yep. like, I want you to understand that we're, she's always, my point is that she's naturally going to be excited to see these people and we're not trying to stop her from that. Like your dog yep. being suspicious of a stranger coming onto your property or walking by. Yeah. But your job and responsibility is to ask yourself and audit, well, how much work have I actually spent on getting this dog to be completely trained off leash so I can control the situation? And that's, mm -hmm. I think that that's mm -hmm. still, you know, where mm -hmm. you're at, in my opinion. So two things. Um, one is um, even before as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to actually be doing this with both dogs separately, mm -hmm. you know, just um, but uh, I, I do have a question about the remote uh, caller. Is that something that you only bring into I, I mean, you can't you or and you always you always have to start with the physical and then move to like maybe when they're outside a remote caller or do you ever do the remote from the beginning? as a way yeah 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 it's a good question yeah. so i i um i don't do the remote from the beginning so the so the the e-collar is kind of this finishing touch special okay. sauce at the end of your training it okay it basically once your dog understands everything on leash really well the e-collar yep. then allows you to do everything that you've been doing on leash off leash completely wirelessly got it. yeah got it so okay. But again, it's a t totally like this new age modern thing that, you know, back in the day, it used to just be like, if a dog doesn't listen, slam them with this, but it's changed, right. you know, <laughs> right. just like everything else that we have in life, like everything has changed and technology hasn't changed. So, um, yeah. so, so yeah, so it's really like these finishing touches, but okay. like, if you were to ask yeah. me like, Hey, what it, like you can start e-collar training as early as five months with a dog. If you've worked on your foundation with your dog, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. wait for okay. for there to be a problem to talk about training and things like that, and you know, yeah. you don't want to do okay. that. But anyway, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's that's what you want to do. Um, you know, for the so for the remote caller again, like it's 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 a very down the line. Yeah, it's a great, 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 great opportunity for you to like have your cake and eat it too, where you want your dog to have that off leash freedom, but God forbid, and or your dog's like, it's very hard to train for recalling off a deer or a rabbit or right. 
you right. know, realistic, we have a lot. yeah, realistic shit that you're going to see out in reality. You're like, I can't, com- I can't compete with that. And I can't train for that. So once you're like, but I want my dog off leash. I want my dog to enjoy their life because especially with the Ridgeback, yeah. they have, I mean, they're so athletic and yeah, you know, we want them to run. So that's like the e-collar is having your cake and eat it too, because it's long-term. It's really helpful. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So that's, that's great. I just want to know where that fit in. And because I do see that that would, uh, down the line, I can see that that would, could play a role with oh, where we live. For all. sure. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, let me see. Did I have another question? I think you were going to say something about, about, or did we already go over that? The healing? Yeah. So healing is, is, is what I was going to get into. Um, so when you're teaching healing, it's like, it's like what we already talked about as far as developing through environments one, two, and three, we're going to teach it inside very low distraction. We're going to use lots of positive reinforcement. Um, and, and, and dogs, like they don't know these words. So when you say heal, the dog's like, unless you teach them, right. But they don't know these words. And, and again, that's like the, the difference between break and recess and stuff. And so for me, I, I usually just put the dog on my left side. Uh, I, I put the leash in my hand if I'm using like a slip collar or a slip leash or whatever, whatever collar that is, is good for you guys. Um, you'd say, okay, Asha heel. And you'd walk forward. And basically you have this invisible line that her chest can't pass your legs. And then once she does, you just kind of, you give her a correction. So you, you, ah, ah, and I just use the leash and I pop back. And again, you're snap, you're, you're, you're popping her, you're getting her attention. You're telling her that she just hit the rumble strip on the side of the road and she's need to correct herself. Yeah. And so that's what you do with the leash. And you, again, you work in this very low distracting environment with not much going on. You tell her to heal. She walks forward. She does well. You, you verbally good heal. You tell her good heal. And you're really letting her know like, yeah, that's great. And then you, I usually stop. Asha sit, go to a sit. You kind of do this combo and then you break, you say break. Um, but again, like what a lot of people do is they go, my dog doesn't know heal but I'm going to go outside and try to get my dog to like walk nicely on the leash. And it's really like, it's not, it's not like that. It's it, you have to teach them how to yield to leash pressure. Again, you're getting an animal that have all these instincts and primalistic like prey drives and the scent and just so much going on. So forget. So we have two legs, they have four. So we're like, Hey, walk in slow motion next to me. And they're like, this is very difficult and challenging. And so you have to just, you have to just work on, teaching them how to heal at your side in very incremental patterns. And I call it the three, the three D's distance, distraction, and duration. And so you basically, honestly, nothing is too small. So even if you want to do three steps, Asha heal one, two, three, yes, break. And you just do these little tiny patterns and you just, when you break, really break her, she can be in front of you. She can be behind you. You're still kind of hanging onto the leash, but She's in a break. She can do what she wants. And then when you're ready to heal again, you'd say you get her next to you with your leash, Asha heal, and you okay. move forward. And then anytime okay. that she again passes that like that threshold that you set is yeah. that verbal like, uh-uh, and then pop, pop, and then it's enforced, yeah. right? So that's the important yeah. thing that a lot of people yeah. make the mistake of, which is why a lot of people don't see results in their training and which is why they, they work on something for months like right. that should never, ever, ever, ever be the case is they don't have the accountability of the leash backup. 
they're using a harness or they're using, yep. they're using something that when you say, Hey, don't cross my leg and we yep. correct them with our leash. If they don't care about the correction or it doesn't get their attention, they simply will yep. ignore it and just keep moving forward. The, the, um, it's funny because with my um, boy, what worked for him, which does not work for her, is uh, the squirt bottle. <laughs> that mm -hmm. was a thing, the life-saving thing for him not to pull. But yeah. uh, but then you have to always have the squirt bottle, which is annoying, right? So yeah, and, uh, and and again, like the important thing is 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 letting your voice like the inf so enforcement comes from it comes after it comes secondary to okay. your voice. So for an example, okay. Asha sit, she doesn't then it's enforced by accountability. It's enforced by some sort of pressure, verbal, yep. physical, body language, yep. whatever. So just remember yep. that, that you're trying, when we're doing corrections and we're teaching a dog boundaries or using punishment, our overall goal is to never have to use that punishment ever again because they're learning. Mm -hmm. But right. sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to go, oh, that's bad. Or, oh, I, this is what you want. And it does take time. But just yep. remember that, you know, again, just like with, you know, treat systems, if you will, or reward systems, you don't like, we see that all the time where dogs only listen if somebody has an Italian deli at their hip and that's terrible right. because right. not only is it terrible right. that you need those things when you go out, but your dog doesn't give a shit about you like at all. Like you're right. just, you're, you're paying for your friends here. It's not a good relationship. And that's why they fall apart. And that's why yep. it's like, you see people like that. Sit, 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 yep. sit. It's like, yeah. tell your dog to sit. Yep. And they go, Hey, I got to sit because if I don't, you know, there's consequences. It's just, it's, it's really boundaries yes. and respect. And it's like, you know, but you're not abusing this power, right? You're not like, you're not like right. trying to like alpha or, or, or overcome your dog. You're just trying to say like there's boundaries. And when I ask you to do something, I really want you to do it. And I take it seriously. Um, yep. So again, like with the squirt bottle, you, you could it, like, I'm not, I'm not married to any type of tool on like, yeah. I just know yeah. what has historically worked for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. So I recommend yeah, these things, exactly. but if you use yep. a squirt bottle, that's fine. But again, like if you, if you're so heavy on the squirt bottle and you're not like, ah, like squirt every time you say, ah, like when your right. ass comes on, like that need, that needs to matter to your dog. But what a lot of people do right. is they lean so much on the punishment of the squirt bottle or the prong collar or the slip collar that they forget yep. to use their voice. And they, mm. and it's, it's mm. just the, it's the difference between like competent, valuable, um, talented training, I guess, versus just yep. like, like, again, we see it, we see it as a professional I, I stay as objective as possible in the world of dogs. And, you know, we see it so much on either end of the spectrum where dogs are just out of control. And, and if you use a collar, then they'll listen. Or if you use a treat, then they'll pay attention. And I'm like, that's just not, like, that is not a good way you want to teach yep. and mold with, with those yep. two things. And yep. then they're like, like if I had, like, I don't work with a lot of puppies because I specialize in behavior modification. So typically I have dogs that want to kill me or they have a bite history or whatever. Yeah. I specialize in teaching somebody like yourself on the core of the problem and how to get to the root. Um, yeah. but like if I ran a puppy program, there would be a slip leash treats and nothing else. Like that's the only thing that we would ever need or even a flat collar. Like it's so easy to do. Mm. But my point mm -hmm. is, is if you get a dog at eight weeks, by 18 weeks, all of your training should be done. Like all of it off leash, like you're good, you're done. The dog knows everything. But what a lot of people don't do is they don't, you know, take training seriously. The other thing that I would recommend 
for you is I have a, um, I call, it's called a no bad dog Kickstarter course. So it's a course. Okay. It goes over, Great. it goes over all the things that I think every dog should have at its core. So okay. we talked about healing and break and right. recall, but there's also yep. like stay and place and engagement exercises. So if you wanted like extracurriculum on yep. like re- reinforcing for you, like if you, if you're like, all right, I'm going to start tonight on just the leash pressure and the rewards on boundaries. Like you can start that right after we get off the phone. But then in the future, yep. if you want to like lean back on other things and, and have it a little bit more structurally formatted, you can just get that course and you download it and you can watch it at your That sounds leisure. great. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, one, I know we're, we're probably reaching the hour, but one quick question. So um, with the idea, like I train them separately and like, especially with heel with the idea that, you know, eventually there'll be it to a point where I can take them both out for leash walk together um, and they'll follow me down the line. What does that look like? Like, so in the sense of the training, cause right now, right. I have one on one side, one on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, basically what I'm trying to find out is when I'm training them singly, should I always be training heel on the left or should I be mixing it up or will eventually I should walk them both on one side? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just, my answer is, I think it's discretionary on the dogs. I've seen dogs like have a really hard time walking next to each other. They get like, yeah, they either get really playful and it's impossible to walk or, um, yeah, it seems so far it seems better, uh, separately and to the point where my older dog now, if she comes over to the side, he'll, he'll pop to my other side. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he prefers. So, so does, does that mean that I should when I'm practicing heel practicing on both sides you could eventually yeah you could um but but again at the end of the day like you should be able to go out and heal your dogs once you can heal them you know you don't get it's the same thing as like hey I like a lot of people have two of two of ashes right where they're both like really out of control and not calm and like whatever and it's like yeah you have to be like, oh, I want to walk them both together. I'm like, great, but you can't walk one of them alone at all. So you have to start right. there and then go to the other one. But in your case, if you think like the older dog um, would just do good kind of riding on the side on the right and that would be fine. Yeah. Um, okay. But again, it's like discretionary and that's what a lot of like what I say is like as a professional, it's, it's very generalized and it's very like I'm going to give you the majority of the information that you need to make things better, but then you kind of copy and paste Figured. it into yeah into your yeah. life. to. yeah. Okay. See what, to see how it, yeah, to see how it works. Like okay. if I say, no, 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 you need both dogs on the left side. No, no question. And then you're like, well, it's just not working. And then you're thinking right. like, I got to hire somebody else or this isn't worth it or whatever. I am not just going to walk the dogs. Like that's fine. Just right. put the other dog on the other side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I just wasn't sure like how specific, you know, when you're teaching them and if I'm teaching them all on the left, like how specific it is, like, can I like say say she's got it down where she can heal on the left? If I suddenly try to to switch it on the right, do they interpret that or is that like a new thing? That's a good question. Uh, so you you definitely want to stay consistent. So if you're out with Asha and her heel is on the left, you don't. Yeah. The reason why we don't want dogs to go left to right to left to right is because that's a lot of yeah. the, again that's a, that's too much freedom for a dog that doesn't behave yep. well enough. 
Like you yep. don't, you don't get that privilege if you're acting like a crazy woman on the, on the leash. You know what I mean? Yep. So if we're yep. going left, oh, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. You just want to say, Hey, this is your heel. This is where you stay. So if you're going to yep. go out with them, I would stay consistent. Just okay. work with the yep. older dog or your, have both your hands tied up that that could be dangerous or whatever, you know? So typically right. I, like for me, I like to train them so, so good. I like to train them well enough on the left side that I can walk them on a loose leash with both leashes on my left hand, just draping down and I'm just walking with no pressure. Um, that's the goal. But again, like they have to know what you want first before that is accomplished. And so, yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll feel it out as it goes. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Um, thank you. This is so helpful. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. No problem at all. I wish you the best of luck and just remember, you know, if you're frustrated with, with anything, uh, with the dogs, just yeah. remember, just think back like, Oh, do they know this? Like, well, do they know it at the yeah. level that I want? And, and that, that helps so many people. Cause they just try to like, you know, get rich quick type scheme. Like I just want to like make all the money. I'm like, you, you just, you can't just get away the stuff you don't want. You have to work for these goals. Yep. That so. makes sense. Um, will you send me the link to the slip leashes? Yeah, I'll do I'll perfect. do the slip leash and then I'll send you my the course that I was talking about. Perfect, perfect. Uh, perfect. And then um, I will do my work and hmm. then down the line I may want to do a, a another consult with you, especially hopefully I'll get at some point to the point where I, uh, I'll be ready to try some remote yeah once you know so i'd love to yeah, yeah that, that course that i'm talking about really molds you to that point so okay. uh, it just Perfect. goes over like everything that you would you would need to get to that point so that should be a good good outline for you great and and oh one last question is it oh well is it reasonable to ever is it re- a reasonable uh goal down the line in the future to be able to have my dogs off leash with other dogs <laughs> yeah if you're i mean if listen if your dog doesn't like other dogs then no like yeah. I, again like yeah. that's more of a personality thing i know yeah. trust me i know it's an inconvenience and it's like well it'd be yeah. a lot more convenient if i could just let you go at the park it's like yeah, yeah. but if they don't like other dogs and they're gonna go out there and get yeah. into us like that's not a trainable thing like you can't tra- okay. you, you can't change that the personality yeah if your dog's just yeah. like grumpy and like i don't want to play like get out of here like yeah i mean they're gonna be fine yeah. they're probably not gonna go out and kill everybody but you just right. you don't want to set them up for failure to to, to look bad you know because they're yeah. like you already know they don't really particularly like dogs that they don't know coming up to them and if we let them off leash that sets them up yeah. for that like don't complain when they get into a a little yeah. tough with another dog like you just you got to be smart about it yeah okay that was my question of how much is that trainable or not so that yeah and so, and to be honest sometimes again like i've also had clients that have this exact problem and they don't have any care about other dogs at all your lack of control on the leash is what makes them vulnerable and makes them react so you just think they don't like other dogs when the reality is, is right. they're actually playful or they could care less so yes. again it's i, I have seen it's just, mm-hmm. how it goes, yeah. yeah it's just you know yeah, my, yeah. Sorry, my, my gut feeling, I mean, we'll see as it goes. My gut feeling is, yeah, the, exactly that second thing that, yeah, we'll yeah, see. There's, we'll a, see. there's a difference between leash aggression and leash reactivity. Leash reactivity is just the dog sounding off because they don't know what else to do and they're frustrated and stimulated. Yeah. And that yeah. makes sense for your dog because they don't, she doesn't, she's got nothing. She's got, she doesn't know her yeah. ABCs. She can't, yeah. she can't communicate, you know? 
Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck. This is great. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Good luck with everything. Okay. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. So we're going to go through three of these uh, questions here. First one comes from SoKHS. My dog learns the game. Five-star review. Thank you so much. What is, this is exactly what they said. What is the saying? Do you want a smart dog that is trainable or a dumb dog that is easy to live with? (laughs) My dog quickly learns the game when training. She knows the pattern. For example, if she barks at people and I correct, then she stops and I treat her. So in no time, she will quickly bark and look at me. Or if I have her on a 30-foot long line, she recalls. She will go 29 feet, turn around and come back for her treat without me calling her. Any advice? So I'm going to be honest. I think what we went over in this podcast directly answers your question about dogs becoming aware of patterns. Um, So when you're going through patterns with dogs, you don't want them to become aware of anything. So if your dog is gotten used to a pattern, you have to get creative to change these patterns. You have to ask different things at different times. Don't wait for them to get to the 29 foot. Wait for them to get five feet. Um, If your dog sees another dog, do a drawback and recall. Don't, don't like your dog is gotten accustomed to patterns because you haven't broken your pattern. So you have to get creative to break your patterns in order for your dog to second guess or keep your dog guessing. It's a good question though. Okay, next podcast. Hope you're feeling better. Five-star review, Bell's Dog Training. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that because if you guys remember uh, a couple weeks ago, I I had the flu and I was down and out, but I got it done for you guys. Um, So thank you so much. Um, What It was sad that I had to wait till Sunday for the podcast, but life happens. Hope you're feeling better and feeling great. Well, thank you so much. That's so kind. Next one, Hill Dog 66. Awesome podcast for small dogs too. Hi, Tom. Hillary here. Trainer working with primarily small doodle type dogs in Wesley, Mass. Or Wellesley. Wellesley? Gosh, I'm so bad with this. Your work is so relatable to pet pet dog owners, especially with small dogs who often are allowed to do whatever they want, leading to problems. Studying your method of balanced limits and proactive leadership has made me a better teacher for my clients. No questions asked. Just wanted to say thank you so much for your amazing content and all your team put out. The dog community is made better by your dedication to help dogs and their people. Thank you so much. I absolutely, seriously, guys, like... You don't have to have a question. This gives me fuel and fire. I'm going to repost this to my Instagram right now because that's just so kind. And um, it just gives me a lot of fuel. You know, there's a lot of BS and political uh, battles out there. And there always will be in the dog world. And I do my best to objectively just get my ass out of any of that because I'm not interested in winning any battle. I'm interested in helping you guys. Next one. All right. ESMUI. Best dog trainer out there. Five-star review. Love the podcast and YouTube videos. Tom has the best content available. I recently adopted a two-year-old pit bull terrier from a local shelter and have encountered a number of behavioral issues. But with Tom's videos, we've made able to work through most of them. The question I had is she loves to mouth play bite. She never bites hard, but likes to grab hands with her mouth. I have tried redirecting her with a toner boy, yipping when she does it or ignoring her when nothing seems up. So what I would do, first of all, thank you for the compliment. That's very lovely. What I would do is get a leash on her and just start working on your corrections, like teaching her when it's appropriate to use her mouth and when it's not. So if you have like a toy, you can play with her with a toy, a squeaker toy or something. And then you drop the toy and she goes for your hands, leave it, boom, correction, leave it, boom, correction. Again, snapping her out of that behavior and teaching her, you know, that she just hit the rumble strip. Nope. Correct yourself. Get out of there. Don't do that. Um, so leave it, boom, 
that's what I would do. Just teach her wrong and right. I mean, at that age, it's just fun, but you know, they're just being puppies. So next one, um, Ra- Rachel Neal, Nell, maybe inspired by the Lone Duck podcast. I rarely get to listen to podcasts with three littles at home, but I've been trying to fit yours in here and the latest podcast really inspired me. I've got two rescue dogs and one is a lab mix and would do anything to play fetch. I would love to hear more specific ideas, how you incorporate dogs, jobs for dogs like this within the realm of a family with littles. Thank you so much for all you put out. Um, You've been a huge inspiration to improve mine and my dog's relationship to be the best it can be. Love, love, love all you do. Thank you so much, Rachel. And that's the thing, guys, like I feel so much like that's why I love podcasting is the community and the podcasting is so amazing. It's just I feel like it's so genuine, right? Like you can watch a 30 second clip, a 60 second clip, or even watch like a full length eight minute YouTube video and have your biased uh, opinion. And and that's fine and fair. But I feel like with podcasts, because they're so long and it really takes a lot of time for people to like listen to them and engage with them and actually listen to what I'm saying and how I'm interacting with clients. I feel like we've just curated like a really natural organic audience of like people who aren't just you know, you get to see the whole context of what I do, right? You're not just watching one video. You're not just like seeing a bunch of thumbnails of me over time and maybe watching a video and then hating it because for whatever reason, but I just like, this is amazing. And I, and I just really appreciate it. But anyway, my suggestion is just get in that fetch when you can, um, you know, like that Chuck it game. Um, there's, there's actually like, there's systems that you can get on Amazon where, um, you can put a ball in a little thing, a little hopper and it spits it out. You can teach your dog how to do that. Um, but I mean, I, I don't really know like what your space is like and how much time you actually have. But I mean, one thing you could do, like I do with Lakota is, you know, when my baby's napping or even like I'll, I'll bring him outside in his, when it's nice out, I'll bring him outside in his car carrier and I'll just play, I'll just get like 15, 20 minutes of chuck it in with Lakota um, just doing that fetch game. The other thing that you can do too, is get a dog, dog treadmill. If you're a busy person, which I know that you are, uh, especially with three kids and some dogs, um, the treadmill is also really invaluable. You can teach them how to do that because we have dogs specifically Hawk at the facility that will literally like go and jump on the treadmill and ask somebody to turn it on. They absolutely love it. So, um, just kind of burning that energy out as you can. And, you know, the other thing is too, is like, um, you know, it sucks to even say, but if you're just too busy and you know, your dog isn't getting what they need, uh, daycare or hiring somebody to come over to walk your dog or play fetch. Like there's plenty of days, plenty of days that I'll either ask our nanny or our, my assistant to like, I'm like, Hey, I got to bounce, but you know, can you just do 15 with Lakota? I got to run. Like I feel bad, but I feel bad having somebody else play with her. But at the same time, it's like, she doesn't give a shit who plays with her. You know what I mean? So, um, that's my recommendation. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys so much. Um, I'll see you uh, I'll see you soon. I'll see you. Uh, I'll probably upload another one tomorrow or by Friday, but I got you guys this week. Don't worry. Turn on your notifications, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.